Well, to some degree, this report was reflective of the recent surge in export sales, but much of those sales went to China. We'll talk more about that. And let's not forget, you know, China's been known to lay sales in to cover, and then when the winds of change begin to blow, they cancel. So as we've always said, don't count sales to China until it's loaded and the ship is leaving the terminal. Coley and Kavanaugh stand by to unpack the December WASDE report from yesterday, and they're brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. Top to bottom, local to national, the Farm Bureau efforts to support farming starts at home and goes all the way to Washington, D.C. Your membership makes all that possible. Support your local Farm Bureau with a membership by simply going online to itpaystobeamember.org. Well, guys, uh, interesting report. Uh, you know, we weren't really expecting a lot of changes. Uh, one StoneX broker had pointed out here this week, I think on Twitter, he said that since 2010, the USDA has only adjusted Brazilian soybean production once in the December WASDE. That was in 2018 when they increased their production uh, estimates. And in terms of changing U.S. numbers, uh, boy, the changes are few and far between. So, David, was the report for the U.S. crops ending stocks particularly any surprise at all to see that change that we got? It really wasn't, because if you look at the average price, corn stayed the same at 485 and on the beans it was the same at 1290 so they didn't change that on the wheat up to dime from 720 to 730 so the report really didn't have many aspects that people pointed out and this was mainly a supply and demand report once because no crop production numbers no. out so until january all we can look at and see and hope for is, of course, the South American crop production. And that's interesting. They did lower the bean crop in Brazil from 163 to 161, but everybody was looking for them to be 160 to 159. Argentine beans were unchanged at 48, so that was no surprise. Now, the Brazilian corn's unchanged also at 129, but then the Argentina corn was also 55, but we got to wait. The safrina corn is a big, big, important part of this, and that's not going to be harvested till our spring next year. Yeah, and of course, on some of those numbers, you know, the the market traders were expecting something a bit different. So whenever they get a surprise like that, uh, the market reacts. John, talk about the reaction the market had right after the report. Yeah, it went up initially, particularly wheat and corn, and then fell right back down again. So it gave the market just a slight boost because, yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise that they lowered the U.S. carryover for corn and for wheat. And by the way, they lowered both of them by 25 million bushels. And in both cases, they increased exports. That's where it came from. And, and I guess, you know, with all that's been going on with wheat, that makes sense. And something that's encouraging is we're starting to see China show up and express interest in U.S. corn. I wouldn't call that a major event, Dave, but I think it's somewhat at least mildly bullish. You know, the thing I watch a lot is the Dalian exchange over in China. And used to be, they used to always talk about the prices in China compared to the U.S. And I saw in November that China's Dalian soybean price hit a new all-time high. And I thought, my goodness, if China's high for beans is that high, they've got to buy more beans. Lately, I haven't seen a word on the Dalian exchange prices. And remember, if they want you to know something, they don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> big story, though, we hardly ever talk about wheat. You know, this is not a big wheat market around here. Right. But the big story has been wheat. Soft red yeah. wheat. 
The wheat market was up uh, eight consecutive days. I mean, that's almost, is that a record, David? It's close to it because I've seen stuff go like seven or eight days in a row up, but wheat very rarely does. But again, that was all Chinese buying that did that. We had four days when China has come in and bought U.S. soft red wheat. I can't remember that happening for a long, long time. So, and that's uh, mainly Pacific Northwest. So how in the world are you going to get that soft red wheat over the PNW? <laughs> I guess you're going to rail it over there. <laughs> well, you know, and David, you've talked a lot about the wheat market in uh, recent days. You know, things have been pretty quiet in the Ukraine. You talked a bit about the weather in Australia and India now, as well as a part of that wheat conversation. Give us an overview of what's going on there. Let's start with India because they've lowered their import, not export, import tax on wheat. They're trying to buy wheat from Russia at this point. But the things there on the Black Sea region, you know, with the Russians and Ukrainians continue to fight, make things rather tough about getting ships in and out. Now, we have seen some business coming out of Ukraine, but their grain crop was really, really suffered, especially the wheat. And uh, the Russians like to export as much as they can, but their boats have been having trouble getting out too. So that's a really sticky situation that continues. Australia, their problems there have been trying to be competitive with their wheat market and trying to get more wheat business from China. But lately, China's coming to the U.S. because we got plentiful supplies of wheat and they like the price. So that's good news. And, and by the way, China is not also uh, buying wheat, but uh, there were rumors floating around that China was going to switch eight to ten soybean cargoes from Brazil to the U.S. off of the Pacific Northwest. Right. Yeah. So and then there were rumors a couple of days ago floating around that China was going to buy uh, more wheat corn or had more additional wheat corn and bean inches from the U.S. And sure enough, on Friday, there were some announcements. China bought 136,000 tons of soybeans, 165,000 tons of corn went to unknown, believed to be China, and they purchased another 110,000 tons of wheat. That was all done uh, announced on Friday. So the rumors were out there. Then it happened. It did occur. John and Rob, it was interesting to see the Chinese trade missions were going to the Western Corn Belt quite a bit during the summer last year. And I wondered, they're looking at that corn and bean crop out there with the dry <laughs> conditions they've seen. And, you know, maybe they've been setting up these purchases after our harvest because we've got the crop available, especially here in the Eastern Corn Belt. So it really speaks to me strong that the Chinese have done a really good job of spying on us and seeing what our corn <laughs> crop and bean crop was. Well, you know, one of the things that was out this past week was some consideration that it might be unlikely to see demand from China actually come back to the U.S. considering the African swine fever in their hog operation. So, David, have you been following that at all? Because we look at some of the holdings they have here in the United States, Smithfield particularly, and there was some conversation about hogs. Yeah, dropping production. Smithfield, unbelievable drop in production. They made an announcement this week. So that's one reason the corn had been weaker earlier in the week because of the lesser feed usage of hogs. Well, it's amazing. People talk, and especially in the hog industry, about cutting back production, and they actually increase it. So <laughs> that's another thing that gets you all betwixt. Beef market's been dropping back. The pork market's been dropping back some, too, even though cattle and hogs ended the week a little bit higher. But for me, the consumer demand here before the holiday has been a little disappointing. We just have to wait and see how they feature things more here in the next week or two before Christmas and see if they start buying beef and pork again. One of the things interesting about the corn export sales is, is that we talk a lot about how that's been moving the market, but actually hit a four-week low this past week at 50.7 million bushels. But that was on the high side of trade expectations and more than double the comparable total last year. So, you know, we got to feel pretty optimistic about that. 
Definitely. And John, speak about ethanol numbers. What, what do we see this week about ethanol? Yeah, ethanol production was up and stocks declined. So the demand for ethanol is exceeding expectations. And the, the current pace that we're on suggests that the USDA is low on their projection of corn use for ethanol for the year. And I think it's right around 5.325 billion bushels of corn. Yes. And it looks like it's going to be maybe maybe that's understated by 150 million. Now that this is just projecting ahead, but at the moment it does appear that ethanol use is exceeding expectations, and so therefore that could that could tighten up the carryover a little bit more. But we also have to see how the crop report is going to come out in January. Now there's a chance, especially in the eastern U.S., that the government may raise corn production numbers. Mm. We all know that the eastern U.S. had a big corn crop. Indiana's last estimate, 200 bushels. Per per acre, an all-time record. And we saw what's going on here in November when that corn harvest, it was a wet crop and it was big crops that was slow to come off. And then suddenly we got some dry weather and the, that last 25, 30% of the corn came off and all the space around here filled up. <laughs> and uh, guess what? You know, then with tight space, the drop charges for storing the DP charges, uh, the initial charges by the elevators, of course, got very high, highest it had been in years because of the lack of space. Now, here we are. We're almost to the middle of December, which means we're only a few weeks away from January. And typically, we see a secondary movement in January. And I guess I'm beginning to wonder here uh, if this space is, is it's going to recover. It is recovering. However, wow, this space situation could continue to be a problem through the uh, early part of winter. Well. I'm talking primarily the east. Eastern United States, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, especially Indiana and Ohio, which had such big crops. Well, first of all, on the USDA underestimating the ethanol, uh, that's pretty typical. I mean, that's kind of like we kind of expect that every single year. And if we do see any changes, we'll be able to cover those because if my calendar is correct, I believe we get that report before our talk at the Fort Wayne Farm Show. And again, just a reminder to everybody, we are the first seminar at the Fort Wayne Farm Show. So we'll have some additional information there. January 16th, by the way. So John, we're at that point for your final word. What do you got for us this week? Well, the spotlight this week has been on wheat, and I saw a statistic that uh, certainly surprised me, but it was interesting. I just wanted to pass on to the group, and that is China has been a huge buyer of U.S. soft red wheat. Frankly, maybe it's going to set records this year. I don't know. But marketing year to date, the U.S. has already sold China more wheat than all of last year. And we're not even quite halfway through this marketing year, and we've already matched what we sold all last year. That's big news, guys. Well, we got it. Let's sell it. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the very generous support of the Allen County Farm Bureau. We couldn't do it without you. And they are also participating with the State Farm Bureau and hosting this year's annual State Farm Bureau convention right here in town at the Grand Wayne Center. And I have convinced, and it didn't take very much convincing, to get the guys to say yes to coming along with me. So Cody and Kavanaugh will join me for a live broadcast of Midwest Ag on the final day of this year's annual state convention. And we're happy to be there. It's our way of saying thanks for the support of the Allen County Farm Bureau. Podcasts by Federated Media.